You're listening to JFDI with the two Lauras. And in this jam-packed episode, we are going to be discussing the best and worst campaigns from social media from 2021. And we're going to be giving you a checklist of things to do so that you can take time off over Christmas. I'm talking about the two Lauras. They'll be your biggest supporters. What the selling you'll need more of. I'm talking about the two Lauras. I'm talking about the two Lauras. Welcome to the podcast. In today's episode, we want to take a look back over all of our favourite social media campaigns from 2021. And we're going to be discussing some of the best and some of the worst. But before we do that, we want to tell you about something that we are doing behind the scenes. So we are carrying out some research to discover how much freelance social media pros were paid for their expertise in the last 12 months. This is going to give us some benchmark industry averages, which we hope we will be able to use to educate more businesses about the value of social media and outsourcing it particularly. So we're going to pop a link in the show notes, but we would love for you guys to get involved in our rates report. If you go to the twolauras.com forward slash rates, you can take our completely anonymous survey where we're going to ask you just some quick questions about your pricing. And then sometime next year, we're going to be releasing all of that information. It is totally anonymous. You do not have to give your name. You do not have to give your email address. So the link for that, as I said, is in the show notes, or you can go direct to the twolauras.com forward slash rates. So back in November, we asked our members in the Inner Hub to share their most memorable social media campaigns, whether it was because it was great or it was complete cock up and a disaster, just so we can remember some of the the really good things and really bad things that happened on social media. And we're going to be sharing them in this episode. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually, because some of them I don't actually recall at all. So it's interesting (laughs) in itself that some things are really memorable to people and I'm clearly walking around with my head in the clouds but before we do that I'd be really interested to know what campaign was most memorable for you it may well be it's in the list so we don't need to kind of go into any great detail on it but what what was it that you found memorable or funny or or your take with you into the future and always have it etched on your brain on your brain the the thing that I will have etched in my brain forevermore is the wasn't even a campaign it was a post on Instagram from somebody called Laura Davis where she put a pair of black tights over her head do you remember that one so that was after the Met Ball when Kim Kardashian had worn that outfit and that is the bet honestly when you sent me that reel before you published it I was walking through the town center and I was literally laughing out loud. People were looking at me like I was some drunken person walking through the streets, wetting myself laughing. And I still now, if I need a little chuckle, I'll go and watch that reel. It's the best thing I've ever seen. I think that was one of those days that I'd probably achieved nothing, which happens regularly. But but then I ended the day thinking, <laughs> I have achieved something today. <laughs> And when I sit there talking to my corporate working husband and he's like, oh, so what have you achieved today? Yeah, I made a reel with a pair of black tights over my head. Uh, He just has a different idea of what a successful day looks like. Oh, well, that's good. We should link to it in the old uh, show notes. Yeah, let's do that. We'll we'll pop a link for that in the show notes. You can all go and have a laugh at Laura with some tights on her head. (laughs) Yes. So mine wasn't so, it wasn't as good as the, the black tights, unfortunately, but it came a second second place, I guess, was the whole Weetabix baked bean debacle, which I know was mentioned quite a lot in the Inner Hub list, but I absolutely love that 
campaign probably because I think it got a lot of love from outside of the social media world because obviously their their target audience isn't social media managers but I really appreciated it from the kind of a social media perspective in that it was just that type of post that disrupts the feed doesn't it? it disrupts what you should expect from a brand and it was just brilliant to see how they just did something we weren't expecting and the results they got were brilliant and I just think it was great to see everybody talking about it. And then it was a brilliant example of how brands don't have to just stick with the same old thing that looks the same because that's what their customers expect. And I just thought it was really refreshing. It was just nice to see something a bit different and to, to see the responses that kind of came from that. And I loved how, and I always love, and I know a lot of people do, how other brands get involved in it. And I like that. For the first probably five or six hours. But after that, when the brands are trying, you know, they try a little bit too hard and the kind of fun goes a little bit, albeit I can often find myself chuckling away to them. But yeah, that was mine. Yeah. And that got so much press coverage as well, didn't it? Yeah. It didn't just work on social. Like they were talking about that on the TV and on the newspapers and stuff as well. So yeah, yeah. It was a really good one. and 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 I think that is transferable to what, you know, what we all do. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to go and shove a a tin of baked beans on their clients' products. But, you know, we can all try and take that time, which is hard, but take that time to think outside the box and to think about some things that are going to be not what your audience expects, because that's going to stop the scroll. It's going to make people engage. It's going to make people talk about the products and the brands. And I think we all need to try to do that more. And, you know, we talk about this a lot, don't we, about how, we can fall into this rut of we're going to post five times a week whereas actually what's most important is creating content that works so if you didn't do five posts one week but you did one week to be baked bean (laughs) kind of level of post then that you know you can take the rest of the week off you know (laughs) it it, it's sometimes that that kind of quality over quantity and that taking the time to try to think creatively is a lesson I think we all you know us included can you know can learn yeah definitely and I love the fact that it was a collaboration as well because I think there's so much opportunity and so much scope out there for some really good collaborations with you know your clients and and potential other similar businesses or businesses who share a, a similar audience and what have you I think that can work really really well and then, yeah although I'm not entirely sure how well I suppose Weetabix and Baked Beans are both kind of staple household yeah they've both got people with the similar audience aren't they yeah that one was mentioned a lot with our members which you know as it should be, because it was one of those, the most memorable things I think that happened on social this year. Yeah, I think probably on a parallel to that, if we're talking kind of big brands, was old Cuthbert. Oh <laughs> yeah, Cuthbert. The, the caterpillar, ca- caterpillar, caterpillar. Now that was a brave thing to do really, wasn't it? Because that was a legal issue. Yeah. That, was it? I can't even remember. It was it. M&S, wasn't it? Yeah, Arks and Spencers have a problem with LDs. Cuthbert and Colin yeah Colin is Marks and Spencer's Cuthbert is Aldi's I must say I am partial to a Colin Colin or a Cuthbert are you do you have a preference definitely, have you ever I've had a Cuthbert would, I've not had a Cuthbert but William has had several Colin cakes in his past birthdays 
Mm. Or like, oh yeah, it's nice, thick, solid chocolate yes. on a yeah. Oh, I could eat one of them now. Proper right chocolate. Now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I would, I would always go for more of a Colin than a Cuthbert. I didn't even yeah. know Cuthbert existed until this happened. No, well, see, this is the thing, isn't it? It's like right, Marks and Spencer wants to sue Aldi. Now, in, on paper, you'd think that Aldi would just be, oh dear, <laughs> like shy away from it, want to keep it hush hush. But they just use that to their advantage. And now all these people who didn't even know Cuthbert existed and didn't know that there was a cheaper version to Colin are now like, hang on a minute, I'm going to go and buy a Cuthbert. I'm not going to buy Colin just for a load of kids to chuck it around the house and only eat the chocolate and not actually eat the cake. I'm not going to spend money on the Marks and Spencers one. I'm going to go for it with Aldi's. And I just think it's brilliant. It's very brave, though. Very brave. I love as well how they've carried that on right through to their Christmas ads now. And it's still part of their marketing, if you like, with with Cuthbert getting arrested, didn't they? Which was brilliant. It was brilliant. And I just think, you know, their legal team must have been having kittens at how quickly that blew up on social media. Yeah. It was brilliant. Well, very well. The outcome of the legal situation. Do we even know? That's something to go and Google, maybe. No, we don't. Um, but I'm sure people will let us know after this. Okay, so another one that was mentioned, which is quite recent, I think probably only ne- start of November, maybe, was when Instagram brought out their new sticker feature where you take a picture of something and you encourage people, other people to go and take a picture of that same topic, subject matter. And someone had shared one saying, take a picture of your pet and for every pet that's shared, we'll plant a tree. And it went like bonkers, bonkers, didn't it? Mm. Went viral. And I think millions of people had got involved. And of course, there was no tree. (laughs) There was no tree planted. There was never going to be a tree planted. I don't even know who was the brand behind it. So the brand that was behind it was actually a brand, I think they were called Plant a Tree. And I don't think they realised how big this was going to go out of control because they actually were going to plant trees. But after it got shared so many times, they kind of realised they didn't really have the resources to plant as many trees as they were going to have to plant. So they deleted their story, but the sticker was already out there. People were already using the sticker. So obviously Uh... that just was not a very well-planned or executed campaign. Nonetheless, they obviously then got some press coverage. Yes, it's not the most positive of press, but their name is out there. And I, you know, their intentions were good. Exactly. But that just goes to show sometimes, you know, the power, I know it happens rarely, but sometimes things do just blow up, don't they? And and they've got over a million followers on Instagram now, but I don't know how many they had before that. No. So and so so was it Instagram who had to take it down then? I assume no, they took their story down. I, I assume Instagram took the, the sticker down after it went viral. I'm not sure entirely on that, but they took it out of their stories pretty much straight away. I think they said within like the 10 minutes they'd taken it down. But yeah. Oh wowzers. There you go. So make sure everything that you put out on social media, you can actually yeah, you've got to follow through. Wowzers. Okay. But yeah, that was a good one. Good one to remember. And it's interesting, actually, that that one was an Instagram one because it's fair to say most good mem- memorable things is Twitter. And I have to say, that's the only thing I love about Twitter. <laughs> oh. yeah. 
um Although is when these things happen your reel was on instagram laura you know well obviously yeah. yeah yeah let's not forget that one okay so the next big one that was mentioned on this thread is not a good one so this was from burger king and they tweeted women belong in the kitchen and they had good reasons for tweeting that but it didn't come across well they tweeted it on international women's day do you i don't know if you remember this happening no i don't remember so they tweeted on International Women's Day, they put a tweet out that literally just said women belong in the kitchen. And then there was like a thread below it that was the aim of which was to point out that there's a big lack of female chefs within the restaurant sector. But they'd kind of got it wrong with that first initial tweet. Should, everything should have been in that one tweet. So anyway, it just it blew up. They got a lot of negative press. They got a lot of negativity on Twitter probably quite rightly so. Yeah. And they subsequently deleted that tweet and put out like a follow-up, you know, apologizing for it and saying that their aim was to draw attention to the fact that only 20% of professional chefs in UK kitchens are women and that they wanted to change that by awarding more scholarships. But they, they just didn't get it right no. in their first messaging, which is a shame because obviously if they had got that right. But I wonder whether they were doing it slightly to, to gauge a reaction yeah but, they probably were but not that I would agree that that is the right way to gauge a reaction no, no. there was a, all... I mean there was a lot of replies about obviously it just being sexist clickbait which you know you can't really kind of deny me that no no it doesn't look good does it no it doesn't look good at all so yet again, another another post that they didn't really think through. Yeah, because they were trying to point out sexism by being sexist. It's like, come on. Yeah, that's never good. And it's such a, you know, it's such an issue that is always going to, quite rightly, gauge a lot of opinion from people. Totally, yeah. One good one which I also enjoyed was when Facebook went down. Do you remember when it, when was that? In the yeah. summer, it was for eight, like forever. Ages. And it was Instagram, wasn't it? Instagram and WhatsApp and Facebook all went down what felt like a long, long time. Everybody, 99.9% of the country, headed over to Twitter to find out what was happening in the world. And Twitter put out a tweet that just said, hello, literally everybody, which is funny in itself. But then loads of brands then quite quickly that's what I love it's like the, the good thing about Twitter isn't it it's so quick and but you've got to have a quick sense of humor if you yeah. work for some of these brands and I think Donald's then replied saying hi what can I get you and Twitter replied something like 15 59 or something something million chicken nuggets please and I just thought it was brilliant and I think if I remember rightly lots of other brands kind of got involved in that response and I just I have to say, every time Facebook goes down, Twitter is the place to go hang out because it is the memes that go around are just so funny. And you have to admire the sense of humour for people who kind of work on those accounts well, and the general public who get involved in it as well. They're always really funny, yeah. entertaining. I love as well how, tw- how Twitter is so quick because you don't have to go in Canva and knock off a pretty image or anything like that. You can literally just put a tweet out and it's like this amazing thing that then gets screenshot and shared everywhere, doesn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. There was loads because it was at the time of Squid Games, which even in its own right, there was a lot of kind of viral posts around Squid Games and lots of memes that were already appearing. So there were lots of responses to do with the Squid Game characters 
Facebook being one, Twitter being the other, which is really difficult to explain on a podcast. (laughs) But um, it was brilliant. It was just great. It was great. It was good. The other one that I want to draw attention to while we're talking about Instagram, actually, was when the head of Instagram did his IGTV about Instagram no longer being a photo sharing app, but missing out the word just and the world (sighs) lost its mind. Yeah, they you know, did. It, it did. I, like everyone's just having a meltdown. Oh no, I won't be able to share photos on Instagram. I want to share photos on Instagram. I'm like, come on, <laughs> calm down, guys. I know, and I and I have to say, I didn't realise what everyone's issue was no. with it. No, because at the end of the day, Instagram are always going to put all social media platforms are going to want to encourage people to use the features that have the biggest impact on them as a business in a positive way so if they say to people you're basically going to have to be used even if they did say as in they meant you're never going to be able to put a picture out and it's all going to be video we all know that that's just because they're trying to keep people a lot on the site for longer yeah like people need to understand that there is always motivation behind a lot of these things yeah totally and also, if the world and his wife was having a meltdown about Instagram only being video and they then left Instagram, what do we really think Instagram's going to do? It's going to bring back photos because it wants us to be on the platform and it wants us to stay on there for as long as possible. Just, just remember that if, if Facebook or Instagram is saying we're going to push videos, there's a reason behind that. And they're telling you that because that, they know that that's going to make you use more videos. Yeah, totally. It was at the time they want people to get totally sucked in and addicted to reels. Guess what? It worked. Uh, well, yeah, it did. And people now sit and lose hours of their day watching reels. Yeah. So when they make these announcements, I think we as social media people need to always be a little bit cynical, I guess. Mm. Not just to go, oh my God, everybody. We've all just got to post video. We need to be sitting back and being the ones who kind of think about the strategic move that they are making and therefore what that means for us. And obviously, from an algorithmic perspective, they are going to be pushing more video. But, yeah, it never, ever meant that they weren't going to share images. But, God, the amount of people who were sharing it, like small businesses, like I used to reply to the first few saying, oh, you know, and this, if you're okay, you're still going to be able to post images. I got bored of it in the end. I thought, oh, come on. Another one of my favourites were all of the memes with Bernie Sanders in his mittens. Do you remember those? Oh, yes. <laughs> I loved those memes. They were amazing. Where did he come from? That came from the inauguration day, wasn't it, when he was sitting in his little chair with his mask on and his little mittens and he looked like he was all on his little own so it's just a brilliant meme I just loved it that was one it of my was good memes. I lo- so so good I love how those memes just go bonkers so another one that's on the list was fleets uh fleet. what are fleets <laughs> I think that says it all really <laughs> fleets were twitter's stories oh yes that they get rid of yeah, they didn't last long, did they? No, well, no one really used them, did they? Totally pointless. Yeah. Like, why do you need I... short, short lifetime content on a platform where all the content is short lifetime? Yeah. 
I think Twitter is the platform that hasn't had many changes, has it? Yeah. But I think that's a good thing. That's not necessarily a bad totally. thing. It means, in my opinion, it means that it's working for what it is and for what it's intended. And they shouldn't, you know, don't don't break. What's the phrase? Don't fix what's not broken. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. Um. And I think that's the case with Twitter. But I think because everybody else was bloody bringing in stories, they obviously wanted to try it. It's fair play to them because we are a big, um, big believer in testing. Totally, yeah. So they totally did that. One of the ones that really sticks in my mind for all the wrong reasons is back in the summer when England were in the World Cup mm. and after we lost, there was so much hatred and racism primarily on Twitter, but it was everywhere. And I don't know if, do you remember the story with Savills? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of racism and some people were taking it upon themselves to go and find out who these racists were. And a lot of people went and found this one particular person who'd been putting out a lot of racist content on LinkedIn. And they found out that he worked for Savills. So they went to Savills on Twitter and basically demanded that he was fired, didn't they? Yeah. And I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, he was. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know where he is now. Yeah, totally. And the reason that I bring that up is because I think we all know that social media can sometimes be a very negative, toxic place, but it all can also be brilliant. And I think it's brilliant that people went and used another platform to go and find out who this guy was and yeah. basically bring him to justice, if you like. I think what's interesting on that one as well, though, is that, like you just said, that, do you remember the Savills one? And so unfortunately, his employer now is branded yeah. in that conversation. Yeah, totally. And it just, you know, and I know these things are, oh, I bet they're not as rare as we think they are, but it just goes to show, especially with LinkedIn, where people list their employers, it's very, very easy now by how your behaviour online or offline can result in it, you know, really serious consequences, which is a good, a good thing, especially in that instance. It's not so great for Savills, is it? No, no. That kind of brings us to something we've been talking about a lot recently about being careful who you align yourself with, isn't it? Because like obviously Savills are aligned with this person. They're now forever aligned with him in social media and you know in the press and what have you. So always be careful who you align yourself with. Yeah, don't just say yes to things when you're not really sure about the person or, or a brand, because if that brand goes peach on or goes to the gutter. And I want to drag you to the gutter too. So always have your kind of due diligence on who you want to be associated with um, to make sure it makes you look good. Definitely. So there are best and worst memories from social media. And there's obviously a few things that we can learn from all of those. I think one of them is think about how you can kind of stand out from the crowd. And maybe that might be with collaborations like Weed Speaks um, and Baked Beans did. And I think another one, leading me back to your reel again is the whole timely content thing yeah. like that reel would not have been funny if we had put it out three months later because it was like the day after well maybe it would have been funny because I could actually go and watch it again now and still laugh but and this I, I have a real big issue with social media managers who have to have all their content approved because that mm. means that you can't have timely content that goes out you can't be like the McDonald's and say you know, what can I get you or whatever they said. And if you're going to have to go and check four levels of, you know, management before that gets signed off. So 
brands and businesses who use freelancers need to give them the trust they deserve to 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 do what they can and you know and I'm not saying that that's because you're going to suddenly go viral if you give them you know give them an inch but you know the reality is a lot of great content is because it's quick and it's timely and it's a little bit funny sometimes and I think social media managers need to be be given that free reign really to to be as responsive as possible we often ask don't we social media managers what brands they would love to work for and they often say people like innocent because they're they have such funny content but businesses would want to be seen like that surely if it's going to bring them in money the whole point of being on social media as a business is to build your business bring in more income you know get more clients more more customers what have you and if that is because you're letting your social media manager be funny or be timely or share content that's a little bit out of the box and not saying that you would necessarily create or think of that's a, that's got to be a good thing like if it if it's adding money on your bottom line let them do it yeah, and if you want to be a social media manager who wants to work for Innocent Smoothies because it's really funny, then working for Innocent Smoothies isn't going to suddenly make you funny. So if you are already funny, then use that skill to to work with other brands. You don't have to yeah. just work for Innocent. And not on your own be... socials. Yeah. I would definitely go, go and follow like the funny social media managers. Yeah, I would. You know, businesses would, and that's how you stand out, isn't it? showing off your best skills so if one of your best skills is that you're funny put it out there yeah not like us (laughs) yeah we're not (laughs) not our zone of genius no no definitely not okay so before we wrap this up this is our last podcast before christmas so do we want to just share a few top tips on what you can be doing this week definitely before santa comes down your chimney Absolutely. Yeah. Let's give you a checklist of things that you could do right now to make sure that you can have some time on the sofa with the quality streets or roses, quality streets, watching some sort of Christmas movie, probably die hard for me. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, I don't really. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not very good (laughs) under pressure. I don't know. I'm not a big movie watcher. I'm I'm waiting for all the people to come at me telling me that die hard is not a Christmas movie. So just in advance. Yes, it is. I do love a bit of nativity. Okay, then. Right, so here is your checklist of things you need to do between now and whenever you're breaking up from work <laughs> so you can have that time on the sofa with your quality streets watching Die Hard. First off, have you scheduled all of your content for yourself and for your clients? Nice, okay. Number two, have you got any messaging that's got to go out over Christmas from your clients or over New Year from your clients? Have you got that signed off and agreed so you can go away and get that scheduled? Have you discussed the January plans with your client? Do you know what their goals are for January? Do you know what that like the main things you're going to be needing to focus on in January is? If not, have a chat with your client before Christmas if you can. This is a really important one. Have you sent your letter to some email to say that you're putting your prices up in the new year? And have you set expectations with your client that over the next few weeks, engagement will be low? People are not going to be on social media as much as they have been. 
And if they are, they won't be engaging as much as they potentially have been. So just set expectations with your clients now so they know what to expect. Yeah. Have you also popped a post or got one scheduled ready to go out onto your socials, helping businesses understand how they can take time off over Christmas and things that they can put in place? One of my best performing uh, pieces of content was just about telling people it's only a week. You can go and put your feet up and eat your roses, chocolates. So go and have a think about what you can do to help small businesses in your audience. And another one to help you over that period is to turn off your notifications. Oh my God, I have to say that really, really fast in case I scared you all. But yeah, turn your notifications off during that holiday time because if you are working over Christmas, you do not need to be on call. You can go and look at your phone or look at your desktop during those specific times. So turn off your notifications. If you have got iOS, you can set specific times to, to turn off your notifications. So use all of those options. Yeah, so turn notifications off and out of office on. So make sure that you've got that switched on so you can tell people when they can expect a response if they do message you over the Christmas period. Yeah, and I would also say end this year on a high Look back on what's gone well. Remember your wins. Maybe write them down so that you can go into next year remembering how good this year has been. Even if there's been a lot of crap going on this year, which there definitely has, there will be some things that you can pull out that have actually been wins. You just need to remind yourselves of them. Excellent. And our final one, which might be a little bit contentious, is do not get sucked into doing your top nine posts that go bonkers every bloody Christmas and New Year because no one really cares (laughs) i know that sounds harsh but they literally don't we put a post on our instagram about this recently we'll put we'll pop the link to that in the show notes as well but you should know all of this already your social media managers you should be looking at your insights you should know what those top nine posts are every single month no one really cares what they are apart from your competitors who want to steal your strategy (laughs) yeah yeah don't go doing that yeah uh that's it Thank you for listening to us this year. I know you're just about to walk to post our present to send to us, but just stop right there. You don't need to send that present for us. You do, however, need to leave us a review of the podcast. That is the best gift we could ever have this year. Absolutely. And we would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So we will wish you all an amazing Christmas and a happy new year. And we will be back in your ears in 2022. Bye for now. Bye. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Little donkey, little donkey, on a frosty walk. No, dusty road. Dusty road. Dusty road. I don't think they had frost in Bethlehem. Oh, shit, yeah.